Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, Father, open our eyes that we can see, open our ears that we can hear, open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. I'll tell you what we're going to do today. Are you ready for your diagnosis? You know, you go to the doctors with all the symptoms, and he gives you his diagnosis. Well, today, I love Jesus is going to diagnose us. I want to lay some groundwork first. If you will go with me to John 3. And I'm going to begin in verse 16. We need to have this before we go on. Jesus speaks this, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Not Jesus. Jesus is talking about his Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That's how much he loved you. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Jesus should not perish, but have everlasting life. It says, For God sent not his Son into the world. God sent not Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. So when we're looking at our diagnosis, don't forget this verse. God didn't send Jesus to condemn us. He sent him to save us. He sent him to save you. He didn't send him to condemn you. He sent him to save you. And there wasn't anybody that could save you but Jesus. There wasn't anybody. God knew that. He said there's no one. So he sent his only begotten son. And Jesus gave up being a God. Have you ever thought about that? Gave up being a God to come down here and save us. Now with that, let's go to Matthew 13. We're going to look at the parable of the sower. And I tell you what, I remember Dole did this years ago and he did it more than once. And I remember he would get up and he'd say, okay, Matthew 13, we're going to talk about the parable of the sower. And I don't know if the rest of you that have been here a long time, my eyes would try not to roll your eyes because the camera might be on you. But I would think, oh God, here we go again. It condemned me every time Dole ministered it until I could have ears to hear. Don't be condemned. God sent Jesus to save us. And we'll see that here in this parable. I'm going to begin in verse 1, chapter 13 of Matthew. And the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, and here is the first one, Behold, the sower went to sow, and when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell among stony places, where they had not much earth, 
And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. That's what Jesus spoke to the multitudes. He didn't have just 12 people standing on the shore, folks. He had a multitude of people, and that is great number. So he had a big crowd listening to this parable. But you know what? He didn't give them the answer to the parable. Let's go on. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou in parables? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but unto them it is not given. Isn't that amazing? He spoke to multitudes of people, but he wasn't giving them the mysteries. He said, For whosoever has to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not from him shall be taken away, even that he has. Therefore, I speak unto them in parables, because seeing they see not. Now, how do we start every program? Father, open our eyes so we can see. And here Jesus said, because seeing they see not. And hearing they hear not. And what do we say in the prayer at the beginning? Open our ears that we can hear. Do you know you can sit under the Spirit of God ministering the Word of God and unless, unless God opens your ears, you will not hear it. I remember there was a time here that the, the Spirit of God was very strong and anointing. It was a particular meeting. All of us were just swimming in the anointing. It was beautiful. It was lovely. And somebody asked somebody else, well, did you hear that? Did you feel that? And the person said, no. They were right in the middle of it, right in the middle of the power of God, and they didn't feel it and they didn't hear it. If God doesn't open your ears, you're not going to hear. You know what? We're hearing. Have you thanked God that your ears are opening? Have you thanked God that you, you can hear? Neither do they understand. And what did we say in the prayer? Open our hearts like they did for Lydia, that she can attend unto the things which are spoken. And Jesus is saying right here, who gives us the understanding? Who opens our eyes? Who opens our ears? It's the Father. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. And by seeing you shall see and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. This next statement's amazing. And their eyes, they have closed. They closed. God didn't close their eyes. They closed their eyes. A lot of this is up to you, folks. You don't have to close your eyes. It says, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart, not their head, their heart, and should be converted and I should heal them. You see what eventually happens when your eyes and your ears and your understanding is open? You get healed. You get fixed. All right. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. You know what? Blessed are your eyes and blessed are your ears because you're hearing. And you know what else? 
Millions of people never got the chance to read this. Never even had the chance to read the Word of God, let alone understand it. Millions. From the time of about A.D. 300 till about 1500, the only people that got to read the Word of God was the Roman Catholic Church, and they wouldn't share it with anybody. And you know what? They had a Latin version, which wasn't even the truth. It wasn't until the 1500s that God let the Bible go and let it get into our hands. And so we can be blessed that we can see it and we can be blessed that we can hear it and we can be blessed that we have it in our homes, that we have it in our hands, that it is available to us. You know, some countries can't have it. Do you know how blessed America is that we have the Word of God and we are allowed to have it and we can keep it and we can read it in the streets? There are some people that would give their right arm to have the Word of God in their hands. So we need to be thankful. Now let's go on. It says, For verily I say unto you that many prophets, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you that we can hear. Thank you that we can see. Thank you, Father, how blessed we are that we can have your word and we can understand it. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Now, verse 18. Hear, therefore, the parable of the sower. It says, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, if anyone hear the word of the kingdom, you know what the kingdom is? Turn with me to Mark 1, 14 and 15. Anyone hear the word of the kingdom? So there's a specific word here. This parable is in Matthew 13, it's in Luke 8, and it's in Mark 4. And Matthew, the reason we're reading it out of Matthew is it has a little bit more detail. Matthew 13 states, the word of the kingdom, Mark 1 verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. There is the word. There is the word. The word of the kingdom. The gospel of of the kingdom of God and saying this is the words of Jesus the time is fulfilled the kingdom of God is at hand so what are we supposed to do repent you and believe the gospel believe the gospel Jesus said here's the kingdom of God here's the gospel of the kingdom now what are we supposed to do repent change what you're thinking and believe the gospel believe the gospel so now we've got the parable of the sower, and darn if that thing isn't talking about the gospel. The gospel. I know what some of you say. That's all you talk about. That's all you talk about. Everything to you points to the gospel. You got it. You got it. Everything you talk about, you're always talking about the gospel. You got it. You got it. Why? Why? Well, turn with me to 2 Corinthians 2. Because I had good teachers. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentiles. This is the man that raised the dead. This is the man that healed 
people that came to him. This is the man that if you got a handkerchief from him, you got healed. This man had it. He had it. He had the power. He had the power of God. He had the same power of God that Jesus had. And so what does this apostle tell us? He says, I'll begin in verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech. I put my hands up for those on radio. Yes, I know. I am not an eloquent speaker. It says, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined to know, to not, to know anything. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know what? He's my example. Do you know that we came up, I've been 30 years in this ministry, and you know what this ministry preaches? It preaches Mark 14 and 15 for years. I've heard it. And you know what it is? The gospel. This ministry ministers the gospel. It ministers the gospel. Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God. It is the power. It's where the miracles happen. It's where the people get changed. It's where the hearts are changed. It's where lives are saved. It's in the gospel. It's in the gospel. And Jesus said that right here in the parable of the sower. He said, and we go back there. We go right back there. It says, hear therefore the parable of the sower. It says, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and we now know that's the gospel, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catches away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth seed by the wayside. And we know that, that it said the birds came and ate the seed. And now we know here the wicked one. The wicked one. You know, in Mark it says that calls that wicked one Satan. And in Luke it calls him the, the devil. Have you ever come out of a good meeting and you thought, wow, there's something to that message. And you meet brother so-and-so out on the parking lot. Well, you didn't believe that, did you? Or, well, that's not the way our parents did it. Or that's not, that's not the way I was brought up. Do you hear that devil stealing? You know what the wonderful thing is about the parable of the sower? Listen, you know what the wonderful thing about the parable of the sower is? The seed never changes. The seed never changes. The seed can produce a hundredfold. Every seed is capable of producing a hundredfold. The only thing that changes is the ground. The only thing, the only variable is the ground. And you know what the wonderful thing is? We don't change the seed. It abides forever. The gospel is forever. And the word of God cannot be broken. The gospel, the seed, the seed of the kingdom, the gospel will not change. It will produce if it has the right ground. And you know what the wonderful thing is? We're going to find out we can change the ground. You can change the ground. God sent Jesus not to condemn us, but to save us. 
and he is talking here about changing the ground. Now, what is the ground? We'll go back to it. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. There's the ground. The ground is our heart. The seed is always capable of producing a hundredfold. Or 30-fold or 60-fold. The only thing that changes is the ground. And we can change the ground. Now, verse 20. But he that receiveth the seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he has no root in himself, but dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, because of the word. By and by, he is offended. I think Luke is the one that says immediately offended. Have you ever met him? They go to church. They hear the message. Oh, oh, this message is just, oh, this message is so wonderful. I'm going to preach it to the world. I mean, they'll tell you. They'll stand at their little soapbox. And you know what? As soon as the tribulation hits, for the word's sake, they quit. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? I sure have. Oh, this message is wonderful. Oh, I get it. Oh, I'm going to walk in it. And then the trouble hits. And the first thing you do is it goes right out the window. You know what amazing? It just promises right there that that word's going to bring tribulation, persecution, affliction. It's going to bring it. It's going to bring it. I mean, I love it. We have a young lady here. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Oh, it was beautiful. Spoke in tongues, go home, and she lost her job. Welcome to the gospel. Welcome to Jesus. You know what? Is it a better job? Yeah. You had to walk. You had to believe. You know what? She's changing the ground. We're changing the ground. We can change the ground. We don't have to fail. It says when they have no root... No root. Oh, it's beautiful for a little bit, but then it gets tough and we quit. We don't have to quit. Jesus is diagnosing us. And then verse 21. And yet, yet hath he no root in himself, but doeth for a while. For when tribulation, persecution arises, I think Luke says temptation arises, and Mark says affliction, by and by he is offended. So we get all these wonderful things when the seed is sown. It guarantees us. It tells us. When that seed comes, we're going to have tribulation. But you know what? That's when the fun starts. That's when the fun starts. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, or, or God does something wonderful for you, and then the trouble starts, hallelujah. You know what? You got the word. You got the seed. The seed has been planted. The seed has been planted. Now, verse 22, he also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the words and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. And Luke 8, it says the pleasures of this life choke the word, choke it. The word is there, but it's choked and he becometh unfruitful. I want us to look at that again. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the 
pleasures of this life, it says in Luke, choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Choke it. How many of you, and I used to experience this until I, I got it. I understood what was going on. I'd be walking, I'd be reading, and then my family would say, let's go see a movie. Okay, so I'd go see a movie. And it would take me three days to get the movie off of my heart so I could get back into the Word and the Gospel. Or TV, or vacations. My last vacation, I spent walking the seashore praying. You know why? The seed had been planted. The seed had been planted, and that vacation didn't mean anything to me anymore. All it meant was opportunity to go pray. The cares of the world. Consider the seed is capable of producing 30, 60, 100. Every seed is capable of that. The only difference is the ground, and we can change the ground. We can change the ground. We can produce fruit. Now, verse 23. But he that receiveth seed under the good ground is he that heareth the word, heareth it, understands it, and which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So this last heart, and these are hearts, these are the heart. We got the first heart, that it didn't understand, and the devil came and took it away. We got the second heart. The second heart is where we love what we're hearing, we're starting to understand it, and immediately when the persecution, the affliction arises, we quit. We give up. And then we got the third one, that we've got the seed in our heart, but the cares of the world, the pleasures of this life, the deceitfulness of riches. Oh, you know what? There are some, they start walking in that word and God starts to prosper them. They go from God to the money. And you know what? No fruit. No fruit. What does God want? He wants fruit. He wants that power working in your life. He wants producing fruit. Do you know it's a wonderful place to be where I don't worry about money today or tomorrow or next week. I don't worry about what I need. Why? Because I've got the seed in me. And it always provides. It always provides. Even when it looks bad, I smile because he's going to always provide. You know what that is? Fruit. The fruit's starting to come up. Now, I want us to go to Luke 8 because Luke 8 has a word there that I want us to see about this. Luke 8, verse 15. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, an honest and good heart. You mean you've got to be honest with God? Oh, yeah. An honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. Keep it. When the things get bad, it doesn't let go. When you hear bad news, you don't let go of the seed. You don't let go of the gospel. You know what? It gets to be where the bad news, you just laugh. Why? You got the gospel in your heart. It's on good ground. You keep it. It. You know what? You don't even have to feel good to keep that word of God. You can talk to yourself. I don't care what I hear. I don't care what I feel. 
The word of God states that Jesus bore my sin. He bore my sickness. He bore my poverty. He bore my safety. He bore my security. I don't care what I feel like. I'm hanging on to that. You know, sometimes you got to just feel like you got it in front of you hanging on. And you know what happens when that happens? The fruit comes up. The fruit, you're keeping it. That is faith in it. Now, you say, well, I'm heart number two. How in the world am I going to get to the fourth heart? Turn with me to Jeremiah 23, 29. I love this verse. Jeremiah 23, 29. Oh, like I said, the seed will always produce if it's got the right ground. And we can fix the ground. We can fix it. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? That breaketh the rock in pieces. What is that verse saying there? What do we do? We keep sowing the word. We keep sowing the gospel. We keep sowing it. We read the gospel out loud. We've studied Romans 10. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And we know that word of God is the gospel. We hear it. We keep hearing it. We read it out loud. We listen to people that preach that gospel like these. My messages are on my website, kdwol.com, and they're on Facebook, and they're on YouTube. You can listen to them again and again and again. Why? The Word of God is like a fire and a hammer, and it'll hammer the ground. It'll break the ground up so the seed can produce. We can change the ground. When you pick up that word to read it, you expect it to fix the ground. You expect it to break the hard heart, because it will. Have you ever had the word of God stab you right in the gut? I have. Reading. Reading. Oh, the other day I was reading Romans. We've been instructed to read Romans. I was in tears. The word of God washing and washing and washing, washing that heart. Why? To make better ground to make better ground. Now, you can't start this until you have the Spirit of Jesus in you. The Spirit of Jesus, the one that gave the parable, the Spirit of Jesus comes in you and he will lead you. He will lead you. You are not in this alone when you have Jesus. You have a shepherd. You have a shepherd and he will lead you. He won't leave you alone. He won't let you out there and expect you to do it. It's wonderful. He's a shepherd. He'll lead you. He'll get you the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will teach you. But it's the shepherd. And how do you get him in you? It's simple. Jesus said you must be born again. When he said in John 3.16, he said, For God so loved you that he sent Jesus. And how do you get Jesus in you? You ask him. Just repeat after me. In sincerity, Father. Let Jesus come into my heart. Open my heart. Let him in. Father, I thank you. Let Jesus lead me. Let him guide me. Let him fix me. And I ask this 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.